Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today we have Jen Mayer on our Fixed Body Group podcast. I'm really excited to have her on. She's going to share a ton of information about nutrition and how we can simplify the process of eating healthy. She is a certified holistic nutritionist, and I met her through her husband, Tyler, who is the fitness director over at a country club here in North Scottsdale, and they are a force to be reckoned with as a, as a married couple. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, I'm really excited for you to help people understand how nutrition can be overwhelming and ways to simplify it. So after they listen to this podcast, they can make changes right out of the gates. So it's a good plan. I think um, I want to start off with, um, there's a lot of information out there that can be overwhelming. And I think we can agree that it's the either wrong information or marketing information. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you see out there that's confusing and how do you help your clients simplify the process? Well, I think the first thing to recognize is that there's an entire industry built around the nutrition industry that is looking for a way to make as much money as possible on you not succeeding. Mm. And I think the, the trouble with that is that everyone has a different health goal, but diets and the health industry kind of pigeonhole everybody into one area. And they kind of say, you know, in order to be healthy, you need to do these things. You need to cut calories and restrict these certain foods. And then they kind of just pigeonhole everybody. Mm. But what we, what we know in this industry is that it, Diet and, and lifestyle is not a one size fits all. Everybody's so different and everybody is so different. And we all have different struggles and different strengths and that the diet culture doesn't acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we get into a lot of trouble in trying to help somebody is this conditioned mindset of, well, this is what I've always been told to do. And this is what my doctor tells me. But the reality is, is nobody's really feeling their best following those, those steps. So exactly. that's, that's the struggle there. But I think the reality is, is when, when you have an open mind to finding a different path that might take a little bit longer, mm -hmm. but is going to make you feel better working with professionals in that, in this industry can, right. can lead you down the right path to actually feeling better. You came out of the gates hot. That was <laughs> remarkable. Like, I think that's one thing that people need to realize the system for one is broken. I talk about that a lot on other podcasts uh, and we have to break the chains of that system. But, you know, I think we all have to realize is that they don't want you to get better. There's a if, lot of money to be made with you being sick. Why would, why would these people produce promoting these products or diets want you to get better? And uh, it's just poor marketing and poor business if they do. And that's why we have people like you and I and others that um, really identify that weakness in our culture and society and are trying to break those chains. And um, God, that's powerful. So thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people are going to be smacked in the face with that comment. Yeah. It's, it's an yeah. unknown, right? Um, so let's talk about some of that. What, do, what are these patterns that you see your clients, they're a typical um pattern do you see your client on that you're trying to break? And then how do you modify and adjust to make some simple changes that can affect their quality of life? Well, I think the first thing is people need to understand that just because somebody might be giving you a path and, and guiding you towards healing doesn't mean that everything you've done up to that point was wrong. It just means it wasn't working. 
And I think that stepping outside of a defensive reaction to lifestyle changes and accepting that there is something else that might help you. Yes, it might take a little bit longer. And yes, it might require you to make some changes, but the the holistic health side of that, which, you know, opposite of Western medicine, which hopefully we can get into, but says, yeah, it might take a little bit longer, but it's going to be unique to you and it's going to help be more sustainable where I think diet culture isn't right, which is why we fall off the proverbial wagon, <laughs> you know, and we restart on Monday all the time. And we're always, I'm going to try this new, you know, Adkins rebranded as keto, you know, it's all, it just looks different. Right. And I think every generation just has a different spin on something that if it was working, they wouldn't have to rebrand it mm -hmm. to trick you into doing it again. You know, Weight Watchers wouldn't have to change their name, you know, <laughs> yeah. if it worked. So, yeah. um, you know, small changes and just the acknowledgement that little things over time is okay. And it doesn't mean that what you've done up to that point has been wrong. Right. And I think, I, I think what's fair is to say, it's not your fault. It's right. like, it's, we are conditioned mm -hmm. and we're, we don't know when we're being marketed to, and we make choices subconsciously without realizing that these choices have consequences and these choices are being, we're making as a result of somebody's marketing efforts towards us. Right. Exactly. And so I, you know, we have a lot of frustrated people that come to see us and I'm sure you see the same thing. It is a situation where they're like, I've tried it. It's not going to work if I do it this way. I've already done it. And I'm like, listen, it's, we, we can make some adjustments and it can be some steps moving forward. And if you put a few things together and go maximally towards these few things as a package, it can make a lifestyle change for the long term. Right. Uh, what are these simple things that you can do to make yourself uh, get away from these crazy, uh, overwhelming um Infor oh, the overwhelming information out there of how people should behave. What are some simple things that people could be doing that can make that change out of the gates? First thing I would recommend to somebody is if what you're looking at is telling you to clean out your pantry and to stop eating carbs <laughs> um, and, 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 and essentially go on a diet program, run, okay. stop. Stop reading that blog. Stop listening to that person. You know, trust your instinct and trust that you were created perfectly and your body knows exactly what to do. Okay. If it's given the right conditions, the right environment, it can do exactly what it's designed to do. Trust your body and its ability to do what it's designed to do. Um, outside of that, you know, I have those, those real simple steps that I encourage people to take, you know, wake up in the morning and drink some water. <laughs> you know, I tell my nine-year-old, you know, you're supposed to drink water every day. So every time that bottle touches your lips, I want you to take 10 gulps. Nice. It's a real easy way to get in a lot more water than you think you can. Right. 10 gulp challenge every time, you know, I want you to get outside and get sun. You need sunlight. You need vitamin D and you need it in the form of sunlight. Get outside 10, 15 minutes, take your dog for a walk, take your kids outside. It doesn't have to be all day. Just get outside. Um, you know, these little things, uh, talking nicely to yourself, you know, holistic health in and of itself isn't just what you're putting in your body. Holistic health is the, is looking at somebody's health and recognizing it as this collective expression of all these interplays, uh, you know, your environment, your lifestyle, what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're listening to. It's looking at the whole person, right? So if you're going to try and make some small changes, address the whole person, how you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're reading, what you're listening to, you know, putting, putting quality things into your body as best you can. You know, I'm not saying go clean out your refrigerator and pantry, but if you're out of something and you want to make a healthy change, go replace that one thing with a healthier swap, mm -hmm. you know, and just do that slowly over time. 
you should not have to start a, a rigid diet program to be healthy. Got it. Right. So the, just little things like that over time really do add up. Right. And I think what you're saying and to summarize, it's not a, all about diet. It's a, it's an, it's a whole life, lifestyle work over, but it doesn't have to be a lot and it doesn't have to be hard. We just have to identify the weak points. You know, you mentioned like, what, what are you, what are you stimulated by and what are you seeing and what are you listening to or what are you reading? And it's like, what are you also watching right before you go to bed Mm -hmm. that might be poisoning your brain or creating anxiety that you, or irritability that you don't quite necessarily need to have right right before you try to fall asleep. Uh, I think all those that's genius. And I think that's, that's why for people like us, coaches like us, it's not, a, not trying to drag people through the trenches and make them suffer for three months and to come out like this beautiful butterfly. It's about just simply identifying some challenges in their daily routines, modifying it, and then continuing on. So we see that massive response and they feel that massive response where to go back to those bad lifestyle habits would be just saying, I'm going to be okay poisoning my body again. And I think people start feeling so good that they don't make that choice. Absolutely. Well, and it's more sustainable to understand why you're making a change than it is to just be told what to do and be expected to do it for the lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know why you're making a change for something, then you're not going to stick with it. And then, then there's no, there's no positive end result. You know, I've always been the why person. Don't tell me what to do. Tell me why I'm doing it. Then I'm more likely to either receive the information and apply it, or I'm going to com- disagree completely and go, that's not for me. Right. You know, so it's more valuable to understand why you need to make it. Why, why do you need to cut dairy out of your diet? It's not just dairy is bad for you. No, no, no. Understand why, you know, and what it's doing in your body. That's not helping you feel your best. You know, you get people in, in patients into your, your office all the time that are inflamed and in pain and they're coming to help, but they're going home and they're maybe eating a, a really rich inflammatory diet. And you're like, well, I can only do so much for you, but if you're not going to implement some lifestyle changes, then in the long term, nothing's going to change. That's right. Thank you for that. That helps our program ton by what you just said, because, Absolutely. you know, we do, we are functional medicine uh, specialists as well as chiropractors and, and sports medicine specialists. But, you know, we have a lot of people coming with chronic pain. We can't just treat the external or the structure of the body. If we are eating things that are inflaming ourselves, creating that, uh, that joint inf- inflammation or systemic inflammation, that's never going to allow somebody to fully recover. Right. And that's why it's fun having you on this show. Um, your Instagram is fantastic. I love it. Thank uh, you. It's interactive. It's uh, you do things that are different. Um, it's very informative. What you want to share with the listeners, what uh, your handle is? Yes. It's Jen underscore mayor underscore C H N. Got it. Please follow her. Um, she has great posts and it's really useful information. It's, it's one of those, uh, Posts where you'll read it. It's quick. And next thing you know, I took something away from it. So thank you. That's the goal. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, I think gut health is a catch-all term uh, currently. Remember when everyone in the world had carpal tunnel? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now nobody has carpal tunnel for some reason. Yeah. What happened? We have some powerful doctors out there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, we, and then same, you know, same thing, rotator cuff. It's like, now we have this gut health issue or leaky gut. And so is it a fad? Is it real? And uh, can you explain it so it makes sense to uh, some normal people that aren't in medicine? Well, I will do my best. Yes. Your (laughs) gut health is everything. Uh, And like you just said, like carpal tunnel and rotator rotator cuff is a hot topic in my house with all the rotator cuff injuries we have. (laughs) Uh, But it's 
it is known as your second brain, right? And we, we hear these terms and we acknowledge the terms, but we don't necessarily understand what they mean and how to, you know, apply it into our lifestyle. But your gut, your intestine, your gastrointestinal tract, your digestive system has more nerve cells in it than your spinal cord. Wow. And as a chiropractor, I back, you can back me up or correct me on that, but. <laughs> well, I can actually just come out and be transparent and say, I did not know that. Well, there's, there is, the science is, is showing that your, your gut microbiome, your intestinal tract is its own nervous system. It's your enteric nervous system, which is sep separate from your central nervous system, right? So you have this separation and all of these nerves and this communication that's going on. So your spinal cord, you know, I mean, you can explain this better, but your spinal cord communicating to your whole body, your, your extremities and your movement and your alignment and everything that is its own entity. But when you get into the gut, you're talking about a completely separate, but yet connected, uh, nervous system where it's doing a lot of communicating, but primarily it is communicating with the brain yeah. and it is communicating what is in your body. You ever have that gut feeling, those butterflies in your feet, you know, yeah. and you hear like, listen to your gut, you know, you have your mom and you're back in your mind, listen to your gut. Well, right. it's not, literally participating in dialogue, but it is communicating mm -hmm. and it is telling you what's going on inside your body. Now, the, the, the hard part about the gut is that if you are not feeding your gut properly over time, that communication starts to really fall mm -hmm. and you start to have responses to a poor gut environment and that starts to play out in different areas of your health. You'll start to experience pain. Your immune system is in your gut. So if you are constantly getting sick, chances are you have poor gut health. If you are constantly inflamed, you need to address gut health. And how do you do that? It is with what you eat. What is your gut? It's where all your food goes. Right. So if you are constantly putting things in it that are not growing that microbiome in a positive way, then you have a bot uh, negative effects mm -hmm. throughout the whole body. Because if you have more nerve cells in your gut than anywhere else in your body, where, where's all that communication going? It's going to your entire body. That's right. So for someone who is experiencing symptoms of leaky gut or um, allergies or joint pain or. Let's explain leaky gut. So leaky gut is essentially uh, the lining of your intestinal tract being very weak and broken down because of poor nutrition and poor um, communication responses in the body. So if you have a really thin and, and uh, destructed intestinal lining, then some of the foods that you eat are not getting properly absorbed into the body and being assimilated where they need to go. Right. So you eat protein and protein goes to a certain part of your body, gives you, you know, muscle growth and energy and brain support and all these things, right? Well, if you have leaky gut, then those particular macro and micronutrients that your body would normally take in and put where it needs to go isn't going where it needs to go. Got it. And instead it's leaking out into the body in different areas. And it's, it's kind of wreaking havoc on the body. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get various symptoms and things, and you might not even know you have leaky gut, but you're getting symptoms of leaky gut. And then you're going and taking medications for things that are completely unrelated. Right. So then we start that vicious cycle of prescription medications for things we didn't even need to be on in the first place. And so when you, when you hear leaky gut, you would think, um, do I have undigested food particles literally like getting through my intestinal wall into my bloodstream, creating an immune response and creating a huge inflammatory response? So That's yes and no. I mean, you end up having, your food is getting digested the minute it touches your tongue, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, you have food that's digesting through this process. By the time this is getting into an area where it's 
leaking, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so microscopic, but it is creating a, an, like you said, an immune response in the body right. where it's not going where it should. So it's kind of sending alarm responses to the body going, something's wrong. This isn't where it should be. And then our body is going to start to respond with, you know, an, a higher allostatic load in different areas. Define allostatic load. So your allostatic load is your stress response. Mm -hmm. And when (laughs) I love talking about stress with people, because a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really feel stressed. I don't really feel stress. Mm -hmm. I feel stressed right now. My heart's racing. I'm on a microphone. I'm talking to somebody (laughs) and I know every bit of the information that I'm sharing, but I still feel high stress. My heart is racing. I'm a little nervous. You know, you might not be able to tell it externally, but internally my body is responding to even an excited stressful moment, right? So the response that stress play, the response that your body receives when it's going through stress is your allostatic load and the, and the level of stress that your body can withstand and tell you that something's going on. So you have this fight or flight mode. And when, you know, this, (laughs) you could have somebody jump out at you and you feel (gasps) that nervous feeling and, and you're scared, or you might be at work and you have this really heavy load of work that you have to do and you're feeling that stress. Yeah. Well, the level of stress you feel is your allostatic load. Now, the more stress you feel, the higher that load is, the higher that load is on a more consistent basis, the less you're going to feel the effects of stress. You're actually not going to feel your heart racing. You're actually not, the more often you are stressed and the more weight you put on yourself, the less you're going to feel those symptoms. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. So somebody that says, well, I don't feel stressed, but I'm, you know, works really busy and my kids are really crazy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're not feeling stress. That's usually a bad sign because now your allostatic load is so high that your body isn't even responding to the messages anymore because it's, it's too much. So now you have stress in your body that you don't feel. And so you don't even know how bad it is. Right. And when we feel stress, now we have an inflammatory response and now we're feeling pain in areas. So now we got headaches or we're not sleeping well and all these things. And we're not equating it to stress because we don't feel stress. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. And I think that people that are listening can relate to this is that maybe there is a high stress. One, one uh, spouse is super stressed. And the other one may not have as much stress in their life. And then that one, the one that doesn't have that much stress in their life encounters stress and has a stress reaction. The other one is like, it's not that big of a deal. And then it creates, don't tell me that's not that big of a deal. It's a Mm -hmm. huge deal. And they're like, you know how much I do on a daily basis compared to that small thing. And it creates this uh, modulation of what's, what's, what's other people's realities. Mm -hmm. And, and it creates a disconnect. And because you're ultimately being accustomed to your higher stress response and that inflammatory response right. as a result of that um, allostatic load. Now, I would say that, you know, we talked about um, high stress reaction in the body creating inflammation, but your immune system, most of it's housed in the gut. And if you're going to feed yourself, um, let's say poor food, poor choices, even toxic food, depending upon what we're putting in our bodies and and what chemicals are being used to treat the food or preserve it, we are um, affecting our, inner, our our immune system ability to function optimally. Correct. Now, in a state like this, where we are going through a pandemic, we want our immune system to function as well as possible. And we want to make sure our gut is as healthy as possible so the immune system can do its job. Uh, and it starts by making sure that we make the right choices, right. Uh, whether it be through supplementation, mm-hmm. diet. Uh, detoxification. I know that's a big word and it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh, so if you 
were in a state, and I'm going to ask you these questions because we want to make sure our, our intestinal lining is as thick and supple as possible. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are some things you would recommend for your client to do or to eliminate to make sure that they came in maintain good gut health? Sounds like a conversation I have with my kids on a daily basis. Um, especially during all of this, you know, it's been this constant conversation of how important it is to stay healthy before you get sick. You know, and I had this conversation with my mom. It was, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten sick a few times this year with, you know, a little head colds and things. And, you know, what's the deal? I shouldn't be getting sick. I'm so healthy. I eat really well. I said, well, it's not about not ever getting sick. It's about the longevity of the illness being really short because you're so healthy. You know, you want to, if you get sick, you want it to be quick and gone. You don't want it to linger for 10 and 14 days, right? So building up that immune system in ways that support, you know, uh, the end result. you know, it's not just take vitamin C when you get sick. No, you need to take vitamin C every day so that when you get sick, now your body is equipped to be able to fight off whatever it needs to fight off. So it's not, uh, you know, crisis management. It's a preventive method to building up your immune system on a daily basis. And we do that by, by trying to make those good food choices and making sure that, um, you know, and we might even get to this at the end, but one of the things I recommend for people to do just to make a, you know, a first step is to download this app called the daily dozen, because what it's going to do is give you a checklist of foods and it's not a point system. It's not calorie counting. It just gives you this visual of what you should try to consume every day because what these foods are, are immune building, gut health promoting foods. And it's what we should eat every day, but we don't. So it's a visual reminder of, okay, I ate this, this, and this. Yeah. Check, check, check. And it's kind of confidence boosting because you know that you ate these foods, but then at the end of the day, you might go, wow, I had no fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, and it might just be kind of be eye opening. So it's not a condemning judgmental type thing. It's really just to be a visual to serve us and go, you know, if my goal is to build up my immune system and if my goal is to improve my gut health, which in turn improves my mental health. Mm -hmm then, then these are the things that are going to help me get to that point before I encounter illness or disease. So that would be one of the things that I encourage. And especially with my children, it's, you know, when you eat a bunch of candy or bread and bagels and enjoy those things, but recognize that when you eat them, you don't always feel that great when you're done. You know, and it's not shame on you for eating it. It's no, enjoy things, but recognize the way your body responds to those things and strive to eat the things that make you feel your best. And, and that's the most important thing. I don't ever want a food shame and I don't ever want to put my kids on a diet, you know, and, and, and anybody that I talk to, it's not food shaming. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, shame on you for, for making that choice. It's just recognize how your unique body feels when you eat X, Y, and Z. And if it makes you feel terrible, Stop eating that, you know, enjoy what you're eating and make good choices. So where can they find the daily dozen? You can go into your, your Google play store, your, your Apple iTunes apps and, and just type in daily dozen. And it's a free ad free app. That is just a a great visual. You can go in and it'll give you a list of food groups and things. And then there's check boxes next to each food group that basically, if you're supposed to have two or three servings of that particular thing, there's two or three check boxes next to it. Got it's it. really simple and it just helps provide you again with that visual. Excellent. The, uh, there's another list of foods that are, um, it's called the dirty dozen and the clean 15. Yes. That's really good, uh, to discuss what foods are, um, can be potentially toxic based on, um, their absorption of pesticides and herbicides and which ones can resist those, uh, chemicals. 
And I think um, we certainly have that on our YouTube channel at Fixed Body Group, as well as our Instagram page. But you can just simply source Dirty Dozen or Clean 15. Uh, it'll help you make some appropriate uh, choices at the grocery store for your produce. Absolutely. The, uh, I've been dying to get in. Well, for one, I want to make sure we emphasize a point. Your gut is connected to your brain. If you have brain fog, irritability, moodiness, you're tired, you can't sleep, you're irritable, um, you just are, your memory is not what it used to be. You just don't feel right. Number one place to go is clean out your gut. First and foremost, let's not go to a neurologist and get brain scans. Let's figure it out internally and watch how the nervous system communicates and heals itself and then how your brain functions after you make those changes. Um, second thing I want to share, uh, is that sugar, uh, or let's just say type three diabetes is known is essentially what they're calling dementia and Alzheimer's now. And it's basically because we have way too much sugar in our diet. And, um, if anybody is concerned about, um, managing that or concerned about family members in the past that have suffered with dementia or, or Alzheimer's, please reach out, uh, either Jen or myself, so we can help you navigate um, what's probably really happening to cause these problems and how we can be preventative. Because like you said, it's not crisis management. It's about, let's say, it's about managing it now. Right. It's <laughs> and, about figuring out those root causes now. Figure out what's going on now. I'm, you know, holistic health, like I said, it's looking at that whole person in a preventive perspective, you know, looking at things, at, at what's going on and going, how can we figure out what's triggering these things? heal it as best we can naturally and, 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 and helping stay on track sustainably to prevent things from getting worse right. or, or continuing on as they are. That's right. Uh, yesterday I was fortunate enough to, um, work with a gentleman. He's 51 and he's in a really bad position right now because he's really busy with work and, um, he let work take over his life and he is in a very degenerative state, both internally and externally. And, his comment to me was, please help me. I've let it go too long. And the reality is we, we have, we put both him and his wife on a six month program. We're going to get to the root cause of his problems and we're going to make some changes, but there's some changes at this point that we can't make. Uh, the damage has been done. And so you can ask yourself, the listeners is we want to wait to that point where the damage is done and it's not reversible because right now a lot of it is reversible and we can prevent these horrible chronic illnesses that we're suffering with. That's killing off 70% of our population on an annual basis. It's an alarming number. And when you think about how powerful the body is mm -hmm. and how conditioned you've been, how conditioned we've become over time being told that you're dependent on pharmaceuticals or, you know, or any kind of drug intervention. And, and, and unfortunately there are a large number of medical doctors and I won't speak for all of them because I know there's some really, really good ones out mm -hmm. there. Um, but for the most part, you know, they don't have a whole lot of nutrition training oh. and they'll admit that, you know, you get like 10 hours of nutrition training. So you go to these individuals for this help and this guidance. And unfortunately you're not really given that because they don't know, you know? And so it's there, your body is so powerful and it's so smart and it's so intuitive and you have more control over your health than you have ever been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And when you can be in an atmosphere where there's individuals like you, Sean, or anybody else that can encourage that and guide that and say, you know, I, I get what's happening and here is, here are some simple steps that we can take over time to work together to heal you. Um, it, it's powerful to just be open-minded to that. Right. 
because it takes it takes a lot for somebody to open their mind to this entirely new perspective of health. When, you know, if they're 50, 60, 70s and they're and they're miserable and in pain and they don't have to be. But again, it goes back to that whole mentality of everything I've done up to this point must have just been wrong. And nobody wants to be wrong. No. You know, they want to feel like they've been doing everything that they could for themselves. And, and you know, we're here to say, you know, you haven't been doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's OK to learn something new and change your mindset. It's OK. It doesn't mean that you've done bad up to this point. Right. And that's my biggest point with people is it's okay. I'm not here to judge you. Yeah. I'm the first one to grab a brownie off the table at a party. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not about judging somebody for what they eat. It's about guiding them based on their needs and what's going on in their body mm-hmm. and acknowledging that there's, there's other options. That's right. Uh, you bring up a good point. We're not bashing medical providers by any sense, but we have to understand what medical providers are there for. And we have the best medical providers in the world bar none but that's what exactly what they are. They went to medical medical school to learn medical services and medical procedures. They did not go to healthcare school. That's not healthcare. That's medical care. And people have to have a health coach and a medical doctor. Absolutely. And a health coach delivers health care. And unfortunately, that's part of, not part of the medical profession. However, if you had a horrible ski injury, you want to be in trauma center with medical doctors doing medical procedures. My biggest frustration, and I think medical doctors will agree with me, I hope at this point, um, is that when I'm trying to offer health advice and then someone says, I need to go talk to my medical doctor about that, which is the medical doctor prescribing the medication that's slowly killing them from the inside. Mm -hmm. It's this balancing act of having to educate to break the chains of a broken healthcare system. How do you feel about our healthcare system at this point and how it's helping chronic, not tra- not acute problems, Absolutely. but chronic illness and disease? Well, yeah. I mean, if I get hit by a, by a bus, I'm going to need a doctor by any means. I'm not going to, I'm not going to a nutritionist to fix my body. <laughs> so, you know, there, there is a time and place for Western medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, I think the, the, the struggle I have with the medical, prof- with, with that industry is like you had mentioned this disconnect where you know, because I don't have the letters MD at the end of my name, I'm therefore not as valuable in terms of the information and, and you know, the education that I have. Um, you know, if I don't have certain letters at the end of my name, what do you know? You know, how, how much information do you really have? And it's that unfortunately is the majority stigma, you know, and, and I don't necessarily think that that's everybody, but that's the, the struggle I see happening in the industry is the disconnect instead of a partnership you know, a partnership of doctors and health coaches and, and nutritionists and dietitians partnering together to work with patients. My, my goal when, you know, my kids are in school all day long and that I can work in a doctor's office, that I can be there for the patients that when they're done with their 15 minutes with their doctor and I can, you know, look at blood work and work with them and go, here's what I see. Here's what I can help you do and extend the care beyond just that once a year meeting with their doctor, you know, and, and help them further. That helps the doctor because the doctor's goal should be to get you off medications, not to continue your prescription for most, for most things. Mm -hmm. Granted, there are medications people have to be on. I get that. But for most things, if we can get you off, your doctor should have the goal of getting you off medication, not continuing. So if, if you go to them, with a goal to come off medications and they're not supportive of that, I'm going to highly recommend you find a different doctor. <laughs> and, and I might be angering some doctors out there by saying that, but there, there's so much more 
that can be done for you and with you in a partnership with a doctor. Yes. And we, what we're doing right now, some people would say we're competitors <laughs> and it's like we are, but we're a partnership and understanding that our purpose in life is to make sure that people, our society, our community has the right information, not the wrong or the marketing information, but the right information so they can get themselves better. And that's healthcare. And that's how as a whole, if we have a team of medical doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, functional medicine specialists, holistic healthcare coaches, whatever it may be coming together to be able to share the right information, we can cure this disaster called chronic illness in our society where people are dying from preventable diseases that are caused by lifestyle choices. So all these diseases, whether it be heart disease, hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, a lot of cancers, it's choices that we make that are causing these diseases. And then when we get the disease, we choose to go to our doctor and then say, fix me. Right. And that's ultimately not fair to the doctor because when, guess what? They can't fix the person. Then it's the doctor's fault. It's right. not our fault. And right. that's not fair for the medical profession. So I have, I love that you're on the show. It's been a great conversation, but I do have a very, very important question for people out there with husbands and children. <laughs> and how does one navigate the journey of a healthy family when you have um, children, husbands, you have uh, sending your kids to their, their friends' houses and they're eating over at their friends' houses or school lunches or whatever it may be. As a mother, how do you make sure your family stays healthy in this day and age? With grace and patience. And it sounds very uh, broad, but it's true with, with children, especially it's a very delicate balance of teaching them how to view food without giving them food issues. Uh, it's a very delicate balance of teaching them how to view food as fuel and not shaming them when they want to have something delicious. Um, it is a delicate balance and it is hard. Um, I have two boys there's going to be six and nine. They could not be more different. One is willing to eat absolutely anything I put in front of him. The other one is going through an extremely picky phase and it's difficult to feed him right now, but I do recognize it's a phase, right? So when I, when I teach my children about food, it is not a food obsession because I want them to have a healthy relationship with food. I don't want them to view things as good and bad. I want them to look at it as fuel and indulgence. And I have two boys that are striving to be athletes. My oldest wants to play for the NFL. My, my youngest, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, he might be a musician, but he's, he loves sports. So, you know, right now we're in the, in the phase of teaching them food is fuel. You want to be an athlete and you want to play well, and you don't want to get tired on the field. You have to pay attention to what you put in your body. Now, when you go to your friend's house and they want to give you hot dogs and popsicles, I'm okay with that mm -hmm. because I know that 90% of the time at home, you're eating healthy foods, right. right? I don't, I don't shame my kids when they want to eat, you know, pop tarts and, you know, and, and things like that, because I know that I have instilled in them this recognition of, you know, oh, I, I had a bunch of that the other day. I don't really want any of that. My stomach kind of hurt. They do that on their own. Right. My oldest the other day literally told me, I don't want any candy today, mom. My stomach hurt, you know, yesterday. And he recognizes how his body feels when he eats that way. And he chose to have an apple, That's you right. know? Yeah. So it's just teaching them slowly over time. 
I will never encourage a family to, if you're going to go and make some, you know, you want to go whole food plant-based and, and that's the decision you and your spouse want to make. Great. Please don't go and empty out and throw away all of your pantry snacks. You're going to terrify your kids and it's just <laughs> going to lead to this really traumatic experience for them because they don't get that yet. Right. All they know is they like this and this is their favorite snack and this gives them comfort and that's okay. So, you know, when, when I'm making dinner in my, in my family, it's here's what I'm making. What part of that sounds good to you? And I let them choose, you know, and it's hard because we're like, eat, eat everything on your plate. You know, in one regard, you want them to fill their bellies. And then on the other end, you're like, listen to your body. If it's full, it's full. You know, so there, it's a delicate balance. It's a, it is a struggle, even for the holistic nutritionist, it is still a struggle. Thankfully, I have an incredible husband who gets it and he has, you know, he's dropped his body weight percentage, like 10% on his own. And he is 90, 10 plant-based. The man eats nothing but plants and, and, and in in abundance, he really does, but he is in the best shape of his life and he eats primarily a plant-based diet. So, you know, it, it can be done. (laughs) You know, you can put on lean tissue and and feel incredible and be healthy and, and eat that way. And I think that if it's right for you and you can manage that and you can decide what tastes good and, and choosing foods that, that you enjoy, then eat them. And I tell people, if the only way that you're going to eat a Brussels sprout is wrapped in bacon, then eat it because it's, you're getting a Brussels sprout in. And the goal is that the next time you make it, take one strip of bacon out. And the next time you make it, take another one out and slowly get yourself to a point where you enjoy a food without butter and cheese and bacon. You know what I mean? Like just, it's slow. Right. Well said. I learned a ton. I loved having you on. Thank you. Um, I think what we can do in the future is uh, invite you back as well. And we can talk about uh, a bit of your program and um, how that's helped some of your patients and maybe discuss a case study. Absolutely. But I have learned a lot, um, and I hope the listeners out there have as well. Um, Jen, give us your uh, Instagram handle one more time in case somebody didn't write it down earlier in the show. Sure. It's Jen, J-E-N underscore Mayer, M-A-Y-E-R underscore C-H-N. Thank you so much for Thank being you, on our Sean. show, Jen. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.